Well, that was painful. Sometimes I think you'd rather just lose a game by 17 than storm all the way back, have the lead, and then just fall apart in the end. What's up, Irish fans? Locked on Irish podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The official Notre Dame podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. Greg Schaefer coming at you today. It's a Monday, Monday edition, and there's something a little special about this week, isn't there? Oh, yeah, big old Christmas Day on Wednesday. Two days away, Christmas Day. Yes, the shopping is done for those keeping score. And guess what? Officially game week, the 2019 finale, Camping World Bowl, Iowa State. It's here. I know a lot of us are thrilled about the matchup. You better come to terms with it. It's happening. We have Irish football this week. I don't care who the opponent is. There's a trophy on the line. It's a bowl game. It's our bowl game. High noon Saturday. Let's do this thing. So excited to be with you guys this week. Uh, We don't know how many shows we're going to do this week, but I'm leaning toward... I know the network told us they want us to do two to three this week. They really understanding of Christmas week and travel plans and things like that, but... I think uh, we might be able to get you four this week. I really do. Lockdown Irish may be the only one to get you guys four. I know we'll have a show tomorrow. Um, we have bowl picks to do. We have preview of Iowa State. we got a preview of Alabama A&M basketball. Well, we'll be the only ones to do it, I guarantee you. I'll give you more than it you've ever wanted to know about Alabama A&M basketball on Friday, I assure you. Uh, Mark Hissom, your favorite co-host and mine, he's in Orlando right now, so... We'll do a little correspondence with him, but for sure we'll be here today, tomorrow, do some bowl picks, Thursday, Friday, yeah, I, I think we're full steam ahead for four. I will keep you updated on the Twitter page, at Lockdown Irish. make sure you follow us, and on the uh, Facebook, uh, we are 100% today and tomorrow, um, but yeah, I, I can't see any reason why we can't pump out four this week, so um, as I said, started the show there, uh, we're going to talk the Indiana game, how painful that was. And we're also going to get into, uh, going to do something a little different today. Got uh, Coach Kelly addressed the media on Saturday. And uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about, uh, we're going to kind of let his uh, press conference spin, and then we're going to react to some of the questions he was asked and then his answers. Remember, guys, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere, I'm pretty sure, except for iHeartRadio right now. I think that's still a thing. We'll check it out. We'll let you know. Whatever podcast app you're listening to right now, just keep using it. All listens matter. We treat all listens the same. We love you all. So let's talk Irish basketball. Fall to the Hoosiers, which is painful enough in and of itself, losing to an in-state rival. And as we stormed back in this game, I really was starting to – I was actually driving at the time. I was listening to it, and uh, I was on my way to celebrate Bad Bowl game day. I hope you all celebrated accordingly. I wore my Hawaii jersey with pride out there. Uh, My buddy wore his San Diego State. Go back, listen a few episodes ago to know what that is. You all can keep your ugly sweater parties. We have Bad Bowl Game Day here at Locked Out Irish. But as I was listening to it, I had this whole spiel prepared about how, man, to take home the Crossroads Classic would be pretty sweet, even if we don't make the the tournament. It's, It's always fun to win and get some state bragging rights. And, you know, even with a five point lead in the second half, 59 54. I just never felt safe. I just, for some reason, I just did not feel good about it. As you know, final score, 62-60, Armand Franklin, he's a freshman, hit that, hit that three to take the, take the lead and ultimately finish us off. I mean, you kind of live with that from a guy like him. Uh, Hit it with 15.7 seconds left in the game, and he had 17 points off the bench. Really impressive for a guy who only averages 5.4 and a freshman. And not only that, he's only a twenty-five, less than 25% shooter before going into this game. Less than 25% uh, shooter from behind the arc. Uh, 
Um, so, I mean, you kind of live with it, but do you really want them to have that opportunity? I mean, the closeout wasn't all that great. It was relatively wide open shot. I mean, I just, uh, well, let's back up a little bit. I kind of got ahead of myself there. You know, this game started out rough for us and this has kind of been a trend. You know, we start out down on a hole, seven, nothing down on a hole, nine, one. I mean, our first points didn't come till 1542. Is a free throw by Mooney. Our first field goal didn't come till 15.05. And ironically enough, you know, we didn't score a field goal in the final 4.05. It took us four minutes and five seconds to score to start the game. I mean, 15.05 is when Leshevsky hit that three-pointer. That, that, that's insane. I mean, we cannot afford these laws. We just can't, can't afford these laws. I mean, you're going to hear me say something consistent here. And it's sloppy play. The only thing consistent about this team is their inconsistencies right now and just empty possessions. I mean, one of the things we've seen in this game is, you know, we did try to, ha- you know, we've tried to hang our hat by the three-pointer. 35 threes in the last two games. We shot 27 three-pointers in this game. We were six of 27. That's awful. That's awful. And, and it, I mean, it's like the team doesn't even get off the bus or out of the locker room. You know, going into the so we go into the second half. Okay, it's like we it's three thirty six passes before the first points of the second half, four twenty two passes before the four, first field goal. I mean, from Leshevsky's three pointer, which was the last basket of the first half, to the next field goal, it was six minutes and thirty seven seconds worth of game time that had passed. Last I checked, they only play forty minutes. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. I mean. It's like a, over an eighth of a game gone because we just can't score. We can't. We 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 have to be on fire to win games. We're only going seven guys. I don't care the eighth guy. I know we have eight scholarship players, and Jogu is basically just a, a guy to get get somebody a breath. I mean, he's not contributing anything as far as points goes. Um, you know, and then just the way we start the second half, like I said, we it's like we don't even get out of the locker room. We don't start the game well. We don't come out of the locker room well. I mean, start of the second half, the very first possession. The very first possession is a turnover that they turn into points. I mean, and just just sloppy. Like I said, just completely sloppy. Just, uh, you know, a turnover. And it wasn't even a contested shot. It was just an easy bucket. Um, You know, we got down by 17. And this isn't going to be completely pessimistic. There were some things I actually did like in this game. Um, I absolutely love the fact that we stormed back, obviously. But we're down by 17 points with 15.55 to go in this game. And if you look at the final score, we actually outscored Indiana 35-20 in the final 15.55. But where is that at? At the beginning and the end of these games, like I said, did no points for the first 405 of the game, no points for the, or no fuel goals for the last 405. We had a, a, a free throw. It's all we made. And, and, Eight minutes and ten seconds of game time. You take the first 405, the last 405. We score two points. Both points are from the line. And one of the things I think is we're getting in these, we're hitting these points where what I've seen yesterday or Saturday was basically it's like, you know, they we storm all the way back and now we're tired. And when we when we need really need more points and a, a stop to carry us over and stretch out a lead or even take the lead. I'm shocked we even got the lead. When it was 50, I think it was 53 48, we just looked done. We looked gassed. It was great we got within five, but then it was like, okay, you know, everybody's tired now. And, you know, some, somehow, you know, Indiana missed a lot of shots, uh, had some turnovers. Actually, had, I think had more turnovers than we did on Saturday. 
Yeah, well, they had uh, 11 turnovers. We had nine. So we took care of the ball relatively well. Um, but, again, just these empty possessions and sloppy play. And ticky-tack fouls. You know, I, I'm reminded of any, any given Sunday when Al Pacino says, if you're going to make a mistake, make it effing huge, you know. And, and like, any, don't give up the, the, the shove-off. You know, offensive foul, just pushing off with your forearm, things like that. The missed free throws. I mean, it was better, 12 of 17 from the line, but it still wasn't great. I mean, when I speak of things that are sloppy, it's like 10 seconds to go. Uh, only 10 seconds to a shot clock. It was early in the second half, and Gibbs goes down, and only 10 seconds have gone off the shot clock, shoots a three, goes on the other end, and gives up a foul. Same guy. Misses a three, transition, uh, basket attempt, and he gives up the foul too. I mean, we just cannot have things like that. Uh, Jackson Davis for uh, Indiana, he was as advertised, uh, 14.7 rebounds. You know, looked, He's just a nice player. Should be a de- pretty decent pro. Uh, Durham for us, he had a nice game. He's not elite inside, though. I mean, you could just tell the athleticism of Indiana was just too much for us, and that's been a consistent theme since we've been doing this show. Um, is just we don't have that elite presence. Now, it was nice to see Jerome, Jerome, yeah, yeah, him too. Jawan Durham living above the rim a little bit in the first half, had that nice oop dunk. Uh, went three of six from the field, 11 points, five of five from the stripe. So, you know, we'll take that. Four rebounds, not too bad. Uh, but I tell you, shout out to a guy on that other side of the ball. Let me just tell you. But real quick, before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Breaking Tea. If you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around team passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn and feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. It's probably too late now, let me just tell you. even your, I'd even be late at this point. So uh, maybe a little late for the actual for actually getting here by Christmas, but still not a bad idea. Go over and check out Breaking Tea. I know I sent a link to one of my buddies, and he's a Yankee fan, and found a Cole shirt. He's like, "Oh, I'm snagging that." So hey, that's one sale for me. So <laughs> welcome back in, Irish fans. Locked on Irish podcast. Final thoughts: Indiana Notre Dame on Saturday again. Sixty-two sixty was the final. Real heartbreaker. Uh, my shout out. Little tease I gave there before the break. Uh, Joey Brunk, nine points, three assists, 14 rebounds. A lot of those rebounds were what we used to call grade school rebounds. Where, I mean, you, you could have swiped a credit card under his feet. And, uh, I mean, he was just – he all he was was being taller than the other guy. There was no athleticism about it. And, and right now we're, it just looks like we're not tall enough. doesn't look like we're physical enough underneath, and Brunk was. I mean, 14 rebounds by this guy. 6'11", he has, he's a nice athlete. Um and we gave him some just just such easy shots inside the paint. I mean, he's getting the ball three or four steps in front of the foul line and where that, that spot where it's not quite a layup, but it's pretty much uncontested. And he, I know he made one of his shots from there, and I was just like, it's too easy for this guy. It is absolutely too easy. Now, Mooney did finish with a double-double, 15 points, 10 rebounds, but he had no assists. And I know he's not our assist guy, but he's got to be better at distributing the ball. And I know a lot of it's not his fault because the shooting overall is just garbage right now. I wasn't going to go through it, but I think it's worth it to just our starters. I mean, Fluger, 0 of 3. Gibbs was 2 of 8. Prentice Hub was 2 of 6 from the field. Even Mooney was 5 of 13. 
Durham, he, I mean, three of six. That's kind of what you expect from Durham, I guess. Uh, you know, he kind of started hot and then kind of disappeared. But Mooney cannot be a ball stopper. He cannot be a guy, if he's going to shoot five of 13, I mean, he's got to be able to, in the times he's not shooting 13 times, he needs to distribute the ball a little bit better. And just what I've seen from him, and I mean, that last play of the game, again, take that ball, be physical. That was a great look underneath, just getting in there, being able to get that close to tie the game. And then it just, again, seemed like confusion. And just when when the pressure came on, we just kind of just fell to the pressure a little bit. It just, you know, you could tell Indiana was overall the better team. Uh, Again, I'm trying not to be completely pessimistic here, but, you know, they looked overall the better team. Again, more athletic. But we did hold them from their season average, 82 points a game to 62. Um, I think of a lot of that was poor shooting on their part. You know, we took care of the ball better than they did. We didn't have as many fouls as they did. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like they always say, good teams find a way to win. Bad teams find a way to lose. And right now we're just we're just not a good team. And I unfortunately feel like that was our tournament hopes going down the drain. However, it is early. It's only a fourth loss. We have eight wins. We have Alabama A&M coming up, and there is hope. To, I mean, that'll be nine. Um, every, everyone's big in the ACC. You get a win in the ACC, every one of them's going to be big. I feel like we got to get to 20 to get in. Uh, with the way this season's going, nobody wants that number one spot. Nobody wants to win. I mean, anybody that touches the top 10 is getting knocked off. So we just got to turn it on. Uh, we just really have to turn it on here and see what happens. But uh, right now, oof, it's looking rough. It is definitely looking rough. Optimistically, I'll wrap this up by just saying that, you know, North Carolina, we ran out of gas. We were totally blown off the court by Maryland. A more athletic BC, we were within one. Um, we, we fought. We learned some things about ourselves. I, I really think that we can build on it. We just cannot let that be the, the defining moment of this season. So with that said, let's kick it over to uh, Coach Kelly real quick and discuss the press conference from Saturday. Fire away. Fire away. Fire away, indeed. I wish I could say I had Coach Kelly in studio. I I bet I had somebody out there. Somebody's listening like, whoa, did he really just get Coach Kelly in there? No. Going to run his – now we know this is legal. We've been talking about doing this for a long time, even on my other podcasts. But if you know anything about me or how I run my operations, I am always on the side of the safest of safe. So – that's why music's taking so long to get on this show. Obviously, it's still not here yet, so we'll get there. Uh, but um, so here's the first question right off the bat uh, in regards to Javon McKinley. Just looking at your depth is Javon McKinley not playing? Is he not playing? No, he's dressed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's got to get back into shape. He's been out for a month, month and a half. So, um, I mean, I think he'll appear back on there. We were just trying to get you guys something. Um, so you could look at it, but yeah, I mean, he, he's, uh, he's back dressed, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to get him ready, but he's got, he's got, he's got about six weeks of inactivity. Um, so we'll try to get him as, as ready as we can. So that's interesting, you know, hearing, um, Javon, you know, he, he's played well against terrible teams. Let's put it that way not played good again. I mean, he's kind of not even not played good. He had some nice blocks against Duke, things like that. But he's been relatively just not impactful, if I can get away with that, um, throughout much of the year. Um, you know, Bowling Green, he looked great. He had the awesome, this amazing play against New Mexico. But at the end of the day, it's 11 catches for 268. 
and uh, really, really not much more. Uh, now, the next thing up was uh, Jonathan Jones. He's in the transfer portal, and uh, Kelly addresses the fact that he actually is going to be on the roster playing this weekend. Jonathan Jones, yeah. Yeah. Does that mean you can't play? No, I didn't know. Oh, I think you can still play. This is new to me. I mean, I, look, at I, I'm, one thing I know as a head coach, the, the longer I've been in it, the more I don't know. So, yeah, yeah, he's playing. Yep. So Jones will play. I mean, you know, not much, not much other to say about that. I mean, Jones is a special teams guy, things like that. He'll be a contributor on certain sub packages, but other than that, but it is interesting. I learned something new. I guess I knew it, but now I it's that confirms it for me that you can play when you're in the on the transfer portal, and it's good to see that Coach Kelly's not showing any animosity. Tor Jones, despite being in the transfer transfer portal, so I mean it's good to see he just didn't like boot him from the program or something like that. And I'll tell you, Kelly gets a little snarky on some of these uh, some of these answers, and I don't know if it tends to show the how confident he is about this game coming up or or what. But let's check it out. Were any of those questions? <laughs> I think we're going to keep it as uh, a national secret and let you guys uh, try to guess and and uh, talk about it. You, don't you need stuff for like the newspaper and and the internet chats and stuff like that? You guys, have you done a poll yet? No polls. Yeah, but it, then it takes away from. Yeah, well, you're going to do it anyway. So I just let me add fuel to the fire. Not sure yet. I'll, let's I'll, let's do a fan poll, and I'll do exactly what the fans tell me. Seriously? No. <laughs> Good lord! Just name a play caller. I mean, come on, Kelly. It, 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 you don't even have to. This isn't going to lead to any speculation. I mean, you've already done it by everybody. Pretty much knows the fact that it's going to be Reese or Taylor's the next OC. Probably Rees. There's no rumors out there that I can find that they're reaching outside the program at all. And if you name a play caller before Saturday, so what? There has to be one, right? There has to be a play caller before Saturday. Uh, I would think, anyway. I mean, come on. Now he's just messing with us. But hey, yeah, let's do that fan poll and uh, and just see where that goes. So they do actually get into some questions here, uh, believe it or not, about uh, and Kelly's not quite so uh, just kind of snarky with the media there. So uh, let's check uh, some of those out right after this. Thank you. What do you know about Iowa State? What, uh, what mm-hmm. things are concerned you? Uh, what things have you? Well, I, I think they're well coached, first of all. Um, you know, a team that, um, you know, arguably could have been an 11-win team this year. Um, Defensively, very stingy. Their three-five-three is, um, you know, a challenge in terms of what they do. You don't see much of it um, relative to week to week. So there are some some nuances to that defensive structure that you know require you some time and some game planning. They play extremely hard on defense. Um, so well coached, play hard, play for four quarters. Um, that's the defensive piece. Offensively, outstanding quarterback, really good running back, young, young, talented back. 
the tight ends are outstanding and a playmaker on the perimeter. So um, it's a talented offense too. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I think they match up with you know the very top teams that we've played this year. And um, like I said, I, I think one one of the things in their DNA and the way they're coached is that they they play extremely hard for four quarters. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean. This is going to be a tough matchup, uh, like it or not. I don't care. No matter what you think, feel, whatever, whatever, uh, this is a tough team. This is a really tough team, and we're going to have to be uh, on our game. I mean, I know it's 7-5, and five, and I know it's Iowa State and all that, but he's right. They're well-coached. Matt Campbell, again, used to be toast of the town until he, he wasn't winning quite at the clip everybody thought he was. He didn't take the next big job. He's still in Ames. So uh, we're going to have to be on it because Purdy and this passing attack might be one of the best we've seen all year, in my opinion. I mean, it, this is really something where our corners are going to be tested, and this could be a long, long game if we come out and play like the basketball team, for instance, where we don't get off the bus for four and a half minutes of the first quarter. Kelly goes on to talk a little bit about Braden Lindsay here. Um, I think like most players, you know, what you're looking for is, you know, how did they handle, um, you know, the, the adversity that was, you know, in front of them in terms of whether it be an injury or a setback, you know, did they come back stronger? And I think he came back stronger. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes you wonder, uh, will, will they regain the, the level of confidence that they were building. And he's, I think, gained even more confidence. Now, you know, you can argue that you make a couple of plays, confidence grows in you. But I think he came back with a sense of, um, I'm a good player and I'm going to go prove it more so than I'm going to feel my way around here. And I think that says a lot about his, you know, his internal kind of, um, you know, motivation to want to do well. Yeah, that's great to hear, you know, Braden Lindsay coming along. Sorry, I kind of paused and then repaused, and yeah, it's first time doing this. I'm producing and directing and hosting this show. So, uh, you know, just the development of Braden has, has been incredible. Uh, just like Coach Kelly said there, I mean, this kid, he's going to be impactful for hopefully years to come. He has the speed. He has the athleticism. It sounded like he just needed to figure some things out as far as kind of off the field and, uh, Kelly went on there to talk about how he, you know, he, handling the situation of being in the spotlight on campus, being at Notre Dame, and what all that means. Now I'm going to skip ahead here, and we might go back tomorrow tomorrow's show. I don't want to run too far over. Um, I, there's a couple other things I want to get to. I'm going to start here with uh, his comments about uh, Jafar Armstrong, and then we'll wrap up with the last question of the press conference, and then we'll get into some bowl stuff, and uh, that's what we're how we'll finish up today. So here's on Jafar Armstrong. And I, I think he's got, you know, a, a burst and some speed, but you know he's a raw running back. You know he. Um, he you know at times he's a bull in a china shop. You know, and, and you'd like him to be a little bit smoother, but I don't know that that's, that's him right now. Um, but he does give us a dimension there that is fast on the perimeter and, and has some physicality, um, but he's still work in progress for us as we continue to move forward. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. He's always kind of been a work in progress as a running back because he's a wide receiver. He came in as a wide receiver. 
He he's a fast guy, has good straight line speed, but he's always had to kind of learn how to be a running back. And unfortunately, he's been ouchy last year, ouchy this year. I mean, when I look at his production, he barely has over two hundred yards um total this season. And it's kind of crazy. He almost has as many receiving yards as he does rushing yards, and he was thought to be maybe the featured back this year especially after what he did last year, showed some really nice flashes. Now he's had some time off. He looked a little more like himself against um, against Stanford. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. I mean, could we be getting a healthy Jafar Armstrong, which would go whew, leaps and bounds toward, um, you know, toward a victory on Saturday? And then, you know, progress into next year with it looking like Jones is going to come back, Armstrong, that's leadership at the top. Then you bring in Chris Tyree, and then you look at the progress that Sebo Flemister's made and things like that. I mean, that just really makes you optimistic for the running game improving tenfold going into next season. And then we'll wrap up here with the last question of the press conference, and we'll talk get into a little bowl talk, which you know I absolutely love. What practices have you had so yeah. far? This is our sixth. Sixth? Yeah. Okay, have you practice tomorrow and then Monday before you leave. Right? Yes. Uh, m- well, Monday will be a walkthrough. Have you gotten what you want out of your team just in this short period of practice time? And in, not only from a football perspective, but motivation-wise, have they really kept up that high motivation for them? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit more difficult when you're, you know, kind of navigating through exam period. This, this has been different. There's no doubt. I mean, it, it, uh, it definitely taxes them from an emotional standpoint. But I think that their, their mental focus has been really good. It hasn't been sloppy. Um, they recognize that when they check in and they come to the football practice facility, that they have to put all of that stuff behind them. And, and really have a good day. Even if it's not physically their best day, it has to be mentally a really good day. And I think that they've been uh, really good uh, about that. Um, today was, the last couple of days have been much more physical. We've, we've pushed them to be a lot more physical. Uh, today, probably more than any day. Uh, and then tomorrow, a little bit more. And then we'll back off a little bit on, on uh, Monday. So it sounds like, uh Sounds like a confident Kelly. It sounds like the team is really ready to go. I love what I hear from them. I love the the fact they're locked in. I like that they've been physical. Yesterday was the seventh practice. Sounds like they kind of got after it yesterday. Today they will be the eighth practice, and then this is the last practice today in South Bend. They will arrive in Orlando somewhere between 4.30 and 5 o'clock. And like I said, we have our correspondent Mark Hissom down there. Uh, we'll get with him later in the week, talk about the vibe, the atmosphere, things like that. Now, they also talked to Braden Lindsay, Liam Eikenberg, and Khalid Kareem on Saturday. I do not know what the media schedule is for today. Um, if there's more updated stuff, we'll get it to you. If not, we'll revert back to some of these interviews that we're able to air right here on Locked on Irish. And uh, we'll do a little bit more of this throughout the week. We'll talk... Uh, Ooh, what else we got coming up this week? We got the Alabama A&M preview. We got our full-on Iowa State preview. We're going to rank the recruits per Irish Illustrated article. Uh, what else are we going to do? We're going to talk about should I stay or should I go? Right now, if everybody that's eligible to come back plus our recruits sign and come on in, we have 90. Uh, if you don't know, we got to be at uh, 85 by the start of next year. So we'll kind of discuss that toward the end of the week. Um, sprinkled in there. Like I said, we're going to try to do four shows this week, and I really don't see, I see no reason why we can't. So let's ramble through a couple of these bowls. Uh, first two days of bowl season got underway. 
San Diego, uh, let's start start early. Let's see. Buffalo knocked the crap out of Charlotte. We got that one right. Kent State, congratulations, Kent State, right up the road from where Lockdown Irish is recorded in a really fun game, 51-41 over Utah State. Uh, probably the most impressive win was Florida Atlantic lost their head coach, beat up a 10-win SMU team who looked like the toast of Conference USA, just oh, 52 to 28. That game was 52-21 at one point. San Diego State rolled over Central Michigan. Uh, Liberty beat Georgia Southern. They were able to handle the triple option. I did not see that coming. Arc State beat up on Butch Jones and uh, or Butch Jones, Butch Davis and FIU. Uh, happy for that Arkansas State coach, man. He absolutely deserved that win. Um, couldn't be happier for that guy. Lost his uh, wife to uh, breast cancer. Um, Wow, yeah, Blake Anderson's the head coach there at Arc State, and that was just an incredible thing to see them finish with eight wins and get a bowl win. Uh, App State beat UAB in the nightcap to finish the season 13-1. and App State just continues to be a power, you know, as far as college football goes, not necessarily on the grand national level, but uh, 13 wins is nothing to sniff at. And then, wow, 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 wow. Things just kind of come full circle for Chris Peterson playing his old team, Boise State, winning 38-7, not even close over Boise State. I'm sorry, guys. I picked that way off. Uh, couldn't have been more off. I thought Boise State had that one. I mean, Washington's got to be kicking themselves. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer just did not look good. I know he's he, he finally started to look like a freshman after blowing out Florida State in that, come well, coming back, beating Florida State in week one. Washington's got to be kicking themselves for whatever Jacob Eason is. I mean, he's so erratic. One week he's great, the next week he's not. He's 6'6", just a beast of a quarterback. He just, you know, doesn't feel like he can put it all together. Uh, but you know some NFL team's going to take a chance, chance on him because of what he looks like. He's going to look great in shorts and a T-shirt. And I look for this guy to at least hang on a roster for a couple years. So tonight, or this afternoon, Gasparilla Bowl, UCF Marshall. I'm taking UCF. However, Marshall is a little sneaky. A little sneaky if you're doing this Bowl Mania challenge. They've beaten La Tech, FIU, and FAU. Uh, so they've beaten three bowl teams, but they've lost to Charlotte. They have lost to Cincinnati. In fact, they were blown out. Middle Tennessee lost a snoozer to Boise State 14-7. to But I'm still sitting with UCF. I just think they're the more talented team. So uh, let us know how you guys are doing. Let us know your thoughts on, on anything this week. Anything you want to hear us talk about, hit us up on the Twitter, Locked On Irish. Facebook, at Locked On Irish as well. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, that's where you can listen to us. So until tomorrow, guys, go Irish.